Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to Why This Film, the podcast where we delve into your childhood, pick out a movie and have a chat about it. My name's Emily Slade and welcome back. You watched it so many times before and now you're gonna watch it again. But it's been so many years since you last saw it And now you show it to your friends And they're like, what? What am I watching? Why? What? Why? Why this film? And I'm joined today by Max. Hello. Hello. Oh, and your movie today is The Iron Giant 1999. The IMD breakdown is a young boy befriends a giant robot from outer space that a paranoid government agent wants to destroy. It is directed by Brad Bird of The Incredibles fame. Um, and it's fucking great. What is your relationship with this movie? I watched this when I was very young and mm. definitely still living in the US and it was just the most beautiful thing that a young however old I was Max could possibly <laughs> could possibly want because it had superhero references and a giant robot and for me that was yeah. just all and probably still it's all you need to make me watch a film that's fair if it's got a dragon or a robot in I'm sold I'm <laughs> done I'm just there amazing but no I just absolutely adored this film and the whole message behind it cinemas or or on like vhs oh this would have been vhs i probably still have it as well Mm. (laughs) somewhere in the depths of some box is a vhs a very used vhs which probably hasn't been rewound uh, (laughs) of this movie amazing i um yeah I knew about this movie. It was always advertised on every, like, other video that we had. <laughs> like, we'd go to watch, like... I don't even know, like... Basil, the Great Mouse Detective, and, like... And the adverts would always be, like, Andre the Seal, Free Willy, and the Iron Giant. <laughs> always. And, um... So I knew about it from a very young age. And it looked... Even in 1999, so good, like, good animation. And it holds up, it really, really holds up. But I didn't actually watch it until my, like, third year of university, which would have been, like, 2013. Um, And I was like, okay, I'm finally going to sit down and watch The Iron Giant. Like, let's hope that I still enjoy it, even though I'm an adult. Oh, my God. Like, it's for adults. Oh, yeah, like, totally. I'm like, going to just it, put that out there. <laughs> it's really good because it ages so well, and the subject matter is sort of very true, just basically not being a horrible person to people. Yeah. And just be nice. so interesting that it's set in this era where, like, war is, like, impending, and it's all oh, about, yeah. like... The homages to like the the fifties and the Russians and the Red Panic just being super yeah. in all the Spudnik references are just brilliant. Yeah, it's so sophisticated stuff that you're and like really morbid. Like I'm sure we'll go into it later, but there's that scene when they're just having that discussion in the classroom while they're watching oh, the like yeah. <laughs> fucking if a nuclear bomb drops on you, just hide under the table. Just like some extract from Fallout, just brilliant, yeah. beautiful thing. It's it's really really cool. Um, and of course, I definitely noted Dean 
as a character because <laughs> if you don't have a crush on him, do you? Are you alive? I mean, it's just everything I want to be in life, <laughs> right? <laughs> and um, and of course, Jennifer Aniston being an exceptional voice actress. Oh, and this and this is the thing as well. To uh, actually look at the voice cast, I mean, many of them are gone now mm. because there is quite a few sort of older actors of the time. Yeah. But there are people that I just didn't realise were in this film. And when you go back as a kid, you're like, that's just Hogarth's mum. You're like, yeah, no, no, shit, yeah. that's... It's fucking Jennifer Aniston. And I luckily was watching it at a time when I was aware of that. Because I think I got to the end of the movie and I was like, the mum was really good. Who was she? And then it came up with Jennifer Aniston and I... It's a whole thing. I've never seen Friends. I don't <gasps> watch Friends. Oh my. So I only know Jennifer Aniston as this, like, ignorantly, this, like vapid, rubbish, like, poppy, sort of pulpy, like, actress who's in all these shitty wrong rom-coms. Yeah. Obviously, she's not. She's a fucking great actress. And, like, she's just so good here because I, I, there's nothing worse than casting, like, a famous person in your animated movie, which is what they're really doing now. Yeah. And, like, voice acting, I mean, we both know this, we went to Toronto. Yeah, yes. Um, but voice acting and screen acting and theatre acting, they're all completely different. And especially uh, voice acting, which is something I rather dabble in a lot. <laughs> um, it's, you have one method to convey everything. Yeah. And especially, don't know how this was filmed, sometimes you see clips of it before, sometimes you're using things, usually you're recording the stuff and then they're sort of, animating around it in yeah. different ways but it, it depends on the scars of a project like this it's more sort of the voice acting that's the interesting thing mm-hmm. but it is always wonderful and I think it's always a sign of something with really good voice direction above everything else as well as understanding yeah. from the actors when it syncs really well yeah because you see some some things where they're done quite cheaply mm-hmm. And, qu- and quickly, it's more yeah. something than cheaply, because you can do cheap well. Where you're just sort of like watching something and someone's flaying their arms about and the voice actor's just like monotone the whole time. Yeah. And there's such a... It uh, you, you just really... You you become aware that this is someone voicing over an animation and you no longer sort of see them as people. It and that's such a, such a cardinal sin when it comes to voice acting yeah. for any cartoon. A hundred percent, I completely know what you mean. And, like, that is nowhere in sight in this movie. Oh, God, like, no. it's so perfect. Um, so I guess we'll start at the beginning. So Hogarth Hughes, what a name, um, <laughs> is a kid with his mum. I think his dad must have died in some... Yeah, they don't... They don't... They're not, like... They're quite vague about it. They're not, like, super... Yeah. yeah. Because she's quite a I always young mum. Yeah, I always think he's run away or dead. I like to think he's dead. I just think Yeah, unless they're going to do like a treasure planet where they show <laughs> him abandoning <laughs> the family. And you're like, you just, yay! <laughs> Disney. Um, yeah, it's. I think there's like a, a picture at some point, and usually if they're in some sort of military uniform, I think the implication yeah. is that they died serving their country because that's the noble way to die if you you're can... in an animated movie. Oh, especially if you're in an American animated movie at this time. Mm-hmm. Where, though, I, I always find it so interesting about this film where I always, when I go away from the film and I've not watched it for a while, I go away thinking, God, the army's a dick trying to... Yeah. 
I don't know the gym set, but yeah, the army's a dick. And then I come back and go, oh no, the army's actually put really well in this film, and that's a really interesting little structure. Explain. So obviously, jumping right to the end, mm. um, Iron Giant goes a bit to uh, AWOL and uh, <laughs> Jinx, <laughs> uh, and um, goes all gun, and then the army's like, oh yeah, we're gonna nuke it. And then they're like, oh no, well there's a kid, so we're not going to nuke it. And it's weird, because they're obviously showing, showing, doing the American thing, showing force. Mm-hmm. Being like, yeah, yeah, we're going to kill it. And then they're like, oh, there's a child, we can't do it. Oh, there's people, we can't do it. Yeah. Oh, actually, it's good, we're not going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, this is one of those rare times which isn't entirely realistic when it comes to wow. many armies. Um, of, of them saying no, and then obviously Mr. Manley coming in and being yeah, a complete he's... psycho. He's the, like, one that sort of... He's the only one, really, isn't he, that's, like, uh, carrying that stereotype of army bad. Yeah. And army psych... And he's already established as this, like, loser... Oh, massively. ...within the army's terms. And also, I think they've done a very, very clever thing where he's army, but he's not really army. Yeah. He's he's the men in black, he's Scully and Mulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Just a really that crappy sort of, Scully and Mulder. Like, almost the, like, underfunded, like, oh, yeah, we'll have this just for shits and gigs, but, like, it, we don't really care for it. It's not a, a, a department that we're, like, invested in. You're like, it's you've got the X-Files and he's, like, the Z-Files. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But um, it's interesting because we had a... <clears throat> discussion the other day me and my housemate about uh aliens and stuff and she's incredibly fascinated for uh, like if and when we ever make contact and what that would do and stuff and i'm like no like i'm not going to deny that there are aliens out there because there almost definitely are Mm. but like i don't trust humanity (laughs) to do it right and it's because of movies like this and you're right even though it's just one person (laughs) I'm like, someone's going to fuck it up and we're going to be in an intergalactic war and ain't nobody got time for that. We, it's, it's such a funny... Uh, the time we're recording this now, obviously, is a funny time politically where there has never oh. been so much uncertainty oh. in the UK and then there is... And the world, like... A strange person in the States. Climate change as well, and everyone's bullying a 16-year-old girl. (laughs) Just really wants to be on a boat and make the world live. The most beautiful thing about animated films is that weird sort of... And it's much more real now than it used to be. In animated films, it's usually a younger protagonist Mm -hmm. affecting a greater world. Yeah. And I think... It has such a big part to play in sort of how we do things now because when we've been brought up with that thing of doesn't matter what your age is, you can affect the world around you oh God, for positive so or for negative. True, that's such a good point. And it's really positive, it's just also in these movies they're not believed for like a good percentage of the movies. <laughs> like three That's what we're in at the moment. But yeah, so the Iron Giant is voiced by Vin Diesel. Which, to me now, makes so much sense. <laughs> it's funny, because I think it was at a time where he hadn't really broken into being in movies. No. Massively. I'm trying to think. This I is... think, like, the first Fast and Furious may have been out by then. But I imagine and that it was... was it for him. Yeah, because then, obviously, later on, he would be in a lot of kids' movies, and he would do a sort of Dwayne the Rock Johnson thing. Mm. 
um, where the two would be competing for the lamest summer movie. Um, <laughs> What's and the now, best of piece course, of crap the kids can watch? Yeah. Um, well, we can only like, make the parents endure this summer. I know, let's put Vin Diesel as the fucking <laughs> tooth fairy. Like, um, I will watch it. And, yeah, and obviously he doesn't say much in this at all. Like, <laughs> there was no real reason to have such a, I guess, big person. Because what is Vin Diesel? Was he a wrestler as well? Was he like a... I don't I feel like no, he I'm... was a person. Do you know what I mean? Like something. <laughs> he oh, was a man. Um, um, I don't know what he was. I no idea what he was beforehand. All I know, he... He, he's got this amazing texture to his voice, like a man that's been drinking petrol all his life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it's ju- and it works so well. And I mean, you, can, you can hear when you listen to the movie, there's obviously some sort of texture on top of a little, sort oh, of like a growly... Yeah, like a robot-y almost yeah. voice. But I mean, when you actually listen to his voice and you listen to the actual, like, bassy growl of his voice where he's talking like this is like Hogar mm. there's not a huge amount of work you need to do to a voice yeah. like that because and to the casting of this is fabulous anyway and, the, mm. and like we said the voice talent is just phenomenal yeah yeah and it could well be just because this film is like my childhood mm. but of course a giant robot sounds like that yeah and and there is just a weird thing about it where it it's big, it's rough, and it could be con- just be conceived as scary. Mm-hmm. There's such a gentleness to it, yeah. and it could be that I'm reading so much into it, or I'm like putting my knowledge of the film on top of that voice. Yeah, but it's just so good, and I mean, really, there's just like a little bit of metallicy reverb to it, and that's yeah. just the main effect that's added. It's fascinating, isn't it? It's and it's almost like. This was his audition for Groot as well. Oh, yeah. Because Groot has such a variety and flexibility to him, even though he only has three lines, or three words even. Just, yeah, just generally shout out to Vin Diesel for his excellent career. I've looked him up. He wasn't a wrestler or anything. He was always an actor. So, uh, good for you, mate. Yeah. (laughs) Just having a brilliant voice. And you just, and you don't expect it. You can sort of get into the habit of just going, oh, well, he's not a serious actor, is he? Well, he's not a serious actor, but he's not a bad actor. You know, not everyone has to have their turn as Masha on the old Vic stage yeah. to prove themselves as an actor. Although I would fucking pay money to watch Vin Diesel as Masha um, in a version of Three oh, Sisters. No. <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, I'll never get to Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> you got the whole Spudnik film in this. Mm-hmm. The Spudnik film. You got the whole. Sp- Spudnik satellite, and that's the first shot of the film of the Spudnik. Yeah, it is. Which is the first satellite. It's cool. It's, it's amazing. And I just, I am a big fan of space and all sort of spacey things mm-hmm. and sci fi. Um, but I love, 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 love it. It gives you such a flavour of the time, especially with all the sort of Red Menace influence yeah. that the Cold War had and. Even though this wasn't filmed at the time, it, it creates that world for adults without shoving war in the face of children. Definitely. Um, where everyone's going, oh, I saw a thing. It was a Sputnik. Yeah. Sputnik was the name of one satellite and also the Russian space magazine. Right. Which was, mm, I'm not sure whether it was made at the same time, but the magazine was named after the satellite. Oh, okay. And it was, and it's, and such a typical thing at the time to go, 
any space thing is a Spudnik. A Spudnik. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. Um, another sort of big theme throughout is the comic books that Hogarth has. Mm. Um, That's one of the most valuable show, comic books in the world. Yeah. Show the, like, sort of Superman American hero um, compared with the sort of, like... It's even called the, like, red monster or something, isn't it? Like, the... the and it's like a huge evil Russian robot fighting Superman. Not mm. the Red Menace might be. Um, something it's, like that. It's something like that. I'm super keyed into my Batman villains, not so much my Superman villains. <laughs> yeah. But um But it's I don't know whether it's an actual Superman villain. I choose to believe yeah, it is because they yeah, actually have would... action comics, uh Superman's first. Or something very appearance. similar at least. Yeah. Um especially around the time because I think yeah, Superman was beating up Russians a lot. Oh yeah. To begin with. <laughs> But um, obviously what's really nice is that this big fear that the Russians were going to send, well, I don't know, but like within the movie there's this idea that the Russians are going to send robots and they're going to be evil and they're going to be weapons. And of course that is essentially what they are doing and what is happening. And like someone is sending this evil weaponized robot. However, it's got a dent in its head. So he's like a puppy now. And he's the best. And there's this wonderful through line of essentially... It's your choice what you want to be. Oh, it's so good. And you can either be this red menace that you've been set up to be, and you can be a weapon, or you can choose to be Superman. <laughs> the ending of that film <laughs> never, ever will not bring a tear to my eye. I, ju- I, I look at that film, and he's there, going, Superman. <laughs> Closes his eyes, and everything inside me breaks. Literally. Fundamentally, as a human being, I stop being. I remember watching it for the first time and I've honestly hand, yeah, hand in the air I've only seen this movie twice when I first watched it and when I watched it for this podcast um, and I think it's because I couldn't it's too good you can't for me I couldn't just stick it on in the background like I could all the ones I grew up with I need to give it my full attention you, yeah and it's like also, Pixar yeah I, it's, it's and it is when something is so so gripping I feel like this mm. film is massively underrated oh god it really is it, people just the I think message of it got almost a cult status which it doesn't deserve it deserves to be up there with the fucking Lion King oh god know? massively what like, do the Lion King teach us this game is this game would be my entire hero complex <laughs> and like yeah well I didn't I didn't know what the Iron Giant was about when I first sat down to watch it and by the end I obviously was in floods of tears it's just yeah and I was just like I am so upset now and then, of course, with the hope... Oh, the, the little bolt. <laughs> oh, we're really getting ahead of ourselves. Um, but, yeah, so it's got some wonderful themes and it's got some wonderful ideas and it's great um, for inspiration for children. Like, you know, any child can look at this and be like, regardless of my upbringing and regardless of my environment, I can choose to be a better person and I can choose to be... To save the day and like to mm. separate, like, and I'm not saying you should like, you know, throw yourself in front of a gunman or anything, like, <laughs> like you know. But yeah, it's really empowering and inspiring, and like, that's so good for kids' movies because so many, so often, kids' movies are like shit because kids are dumb, but kids aren't dumb. Oh, it's it's such. You are at a stage where you have the capability to learn more than anyone that came before you. Mm. And especially with us growing up, and now kids growing up, we've got the internet. And I firmly believe that if an apocalypse was to happen, 
and all you had was five-year-olds in a bunker on the <laughs> internet, they could rebuild society like that. With, with this film, there's one thing that has always bothered me ever since I was a child. Mm-hmm. And, and it really, really... Well, actually, there's two things. There's only one message in this film that I agree with but don't like. Um, and, and there's this. And it's a very, very simple thing. When Hogarth hears the Iron Giant crash and his mum's at work and then he sneaks out to go and find out what it is, he puts on his little army helmet yeah. and he gets his little air rifle and then he duct tapes this big torch to the front of the air rifle. And it's bothered me ever since I was a child that if you were to shoot that air rifle, it's going into that torch. <laughs> and every time, I, I remember as a child just waiting for him to shoot that light yeah. and it going... <laughs> and it, I, literally, I have no idea why it bothers me so much. No, that's fair. But I find since I watched this film, I think about it more than I should. <laughs> I, what if yeah, you try? It? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't notice that to be honest at all. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, literally, it's. Like, it, I just don't understand. But the the message I don't like uh, is this beautiful moment where they're like playing in the woods, and then they hear a gunshot, and they well, they see a deer run off in the woods, they hear a gunshot, mm. they run over, and it's like the Iron Giant's first sort of... Uh, s- sort of uh, introducing mortality to him. Mm-hmm. And how fragile these fleshy bags that are around him are. Yeah. Uh, compared to him. The weirdest thing about this film is the best piece of animation is that dead body. Yeah. There's like a weird... Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm in love with the animation style... But because of how the Iron Giant is done a little bit more modern for the time CGI mm-hmm. compared to all the beautifully hand-painted and drawn, or what looks to be hand-painted and drawn yeah. stuff uh, of the people. And it gives it, and it does help give it this otherworldly quality, like yeah, it's from a different, it. strange place. And, it, and you can see that visually, and it's great, and it works, and it subconsciously reads. And the way the two interact is brilliant. At mm-hmm. no point do you feel like they're from two separate, like they're, not, they're two separate entities. When he pokes that deer and when he lifts it up, there's this weird weight to it. That's just a dead body. Yeah. That's just a perfect animated depiction of a dead body. And it's disturbing. Yeah. Like, and how good is that? Uh, it's, it's so good, but it's, 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 it's the best animated part of this film. Mm. It's the dead body. Yeah. And, and it maybe does help with that gravitas just so much. Yeah, definitely. And then it ties into the whole theme of, like, look at the consequences if you choose to be a weapon. I'm not going to lie. When I watched this, I thought the Iron Giant was going to bring the deer back to life. I fully... When I was a child, I fully did as well. And then... And I think it's such a great... And I think it's such an expected thing as well. And yeah. I love that they don't. Yeah, exactly. It really grounds it in this more adult, realistic world. Um, and I think that's why this movie has a shift to it, where I can't just stick it on in the background, because it's not trivial. It and demands it's not... your attention. Yeah, it does. And uh, that's wonderful. Um, but yeah, even this time around, I was like, oh, right, yeah, and then he'll bring the day back to life, cute. And then they don't, and then they just move away, and they carry on, and you're like, wait, what? Death is real? What? <laughs> you're like, oh, God. <laughs> I think this was, my, probably, this was actually probably my first... Uh, instance of death. Mm. Just seeing it on that screen, and that's. Well, Lion, that's a weird Lion thing King for a child. was nineteen ninety four, and that obviously was the first on screen death. It was with a character that we'd gotten to know, and it also has that very like heavy sort of look Wake to up. it. Oh god! Don't. Again, um, yeah, again, it's that. 
So the 90s was <laughs> Animation of the 90s really loved really, animating dead bodies. Yeah, they wanted us to come to terms with death. <laughs> with our body. own mortality. <laughs> yeah. Here's some dancing pig. Now death. Now death. <laughs> Timon and Pumba, no, Mufasa dead. So the character of Dean oh, is true. a babe. He's like super hot and yeah. really coolly animated. And just looking, just cool in general. Yeah, and he's established from the beginning to be like, oh, if we don't stick up for the weirdos, who's going to? Yeah. Like, yay! And he befriends this kid, and like, he lives in a fucking junkyard, drinks coffee, and makes art out of like scrap metal. Like, he's what a fucking badass! I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, to this day, whenever I meet anyone like Dean, I'm like, you are just the best. Yeah. <laughs> I I shaved the other day after not shaving for a while for a thing, and um, <laughs> because I watched this, I was like, "What would I look like with a little soul patch like this?" <laughs> like, I reckon I could pull this off, but I look like Shaggy, <laughs> so, I, so I immediately shaved my whole face, and um, and uh, he's just he's very much like a typical designed to be like a typical artist at the time, mm. but he's very much. The, the logical progression I think of Hogarth as well and obviously at the end with this sort of that whole thing of like Dean and Hogarth's mum getting together yeah and he's obviously a very positive influence on his life yeah definitely which is really great and I think these characters are not like the characters we expect them to be almost like I can't think of another male animated character from the 90s that's like Dean like he's very yeah he's just really down to earth and he's really, like, okay with being himself. Whereas usually we're confronted with these characters who are, like, struggling with something or not quite sure who they are or, like, trying to deal with some stuff. And he just knows who he is and he's completely okay with that, even though who he is is super weird. And it's summed up beautifully with possibly the, my favourite moment from the film where they're at the lake and Hope <laughs> a cannonball and then the Iron Giant does a cannonball and the entire lake, like, gets exposed. Like explodes <laughs> up and all the water swooshes, and Dean and is sat in his armchair with the newspaper, <laughs> and he like swooshes and he ends up in the middle of the road. And this truck comes along and he's like, "Hey, hey!" And he's like, "Yeah, you're in the road, yeah." <laughs> all right then. <laughs> it's fucking great. Dean Dean gives and takes no shit. Like he, he does not. He gives no shits. He takes no shit. He's just the fucking and that's best. Another great role model of like. Instead of a man that's full of like issues where he can't express his emotions or he can't like, you know, last time we did the Swan Princess and the whole plot it hinges on the fact that Derek can't express his feelings. Yeah, and like, <laughs> and Dean's just here like, yeah, I make fucking scrap metal. <laughs> what of it? I make fucking... cool things. I can dress this robot up as like some sort of planetarium. <laughs> yeah, at an immediate time of need. And he's just so like kind and generous, and 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 then on the flip side of that, the mum is so like down to earth and cool, and just a great mum, and, and not like suffering. Like Jim Hawkins' mum in Treasure Planet is a bit sort of like, I love my son, but I'm a bit kind of useless. Yeah, I kind of can't because it's like the medieval period in space, and like I don't have much to do. But this woman is very much like, I'm working and like, I, t- I trust you to look after yourself and I'm really here for you. And like, she's a real mum. She doesn't take shit from her guard, but, but like. But in my opinion, it's so important as well 
I mean, my, I, I wasn't raised as a single child. Like, both my parents were alive. They're divorced, but they're alive. Um, but my mum is a very, very strong woman. My, both my sisters, I've got two sisters, are incredibly strong women. Charlie's so driven. And, and Alex has, just, just like we're talking about here, such a sense of self. She's very much mm. like Dean in that way. And she's just got a, a very unshaking knowledge of what is fundamentally right and wrong for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, my stepmother, Caroline, is an incredibly intelligent woman and can laugh, can have a joke but wouldn't take shit from anyone. Mm-hmm. And like, and so many things like this, the mum's just like, there. The mum's just she's, there. She's... But this mum's present, and you can see how hard she's working. And often she's the struggling, is, um, but she's strong and fucking there. Exactly, man. and often the mum is there to almost be another side chick in the sense of like, oh, and you've got to save your family, which is your mum, because women are weak. Um, but he doesn't have to save her because the whole town is in jeopardy. Yeah, and like, yeah, you're right. She's present and she's working and she's surviving and like she's using her wits and like she's smart and like she doesn't she's she's been doing fine and doesn't need anyone yeah exactly and they i think they just get together because they're two young cool people who like like each other and and share a love for this kid and And like that's really lovely like when they did get together i was like inevitable but i'm okay with it yeah i'm cool this is fine yeah whereas a lot of times at the end of these movies where they force the two adult single adult people together i'm like it's it's like the end of a panto and pantos are great at all but it's just and at the end everyone <laughs> get married to every other principal character yeah, on stage and no one gets left out <laughs> except for maybe the bad guy mm. with Dean he's as well he's not big and strong and hulking and he's not like seven foot tall yeah. he's the complete opposite of what Man, of uh, what Mansley is yeah, Kent, Kent Manley is just this triangle-based body, yeah. strong jaw, like wonderful, very deep, deep sort of masculine. What you perceive as masculine yeah. voice, and it's sort of all those tropes of someone who's in authority and someone who would be considered like relatively cool. Mm. Like he's your sort of Agent Smith sort of guy. Yeah, and. and if he wasn't so goofy, he'd be imposing. Um, and, he, and he is quite imposing. I mean, that horrible, horrible bit at the end that I'd forgotten happened. Um, when they turn around and they're like, you can't, you, 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 like, he's got Hogarth, so you can't shoot him. Um, <laughs> there's, like, there's a kid okay. there. And he turns around and he's like, sir, it, uh, I've just got news that the Iron Giant uh, killed a kid, so we got to shoot him now. And you're like, ah! He's he uh, and, the, and he, get, he goes like full Ahab, but like the Iron yeah. Giant is his white whale, and, and he will take like, down all of the town to he, kill him. It's like um, Tim Curry at the end of Annie, where he's suddenly like, <laughs> "I'm gonna fucking kill her," and even Miss Hannigan's there, like, like um, she's just a child." <laughs> and it's true. It's like Hogarth is like ten. Yeah, it's just like this is a this is a kid, man. You can't kill a child, Mansley. But more importantly, you can't kill an entire town, Mansley. And he just lied to the entire military, and like, and he's so dumb as well. He's like, ha ha, fire the nukes, lol, I did it. And it takes his commanding officer to be like, yo, you do realize that now we're all gonna fucking die. But he's such an intense character. Oh god, he's such an intense character as Mm. well. I mean. For those of you who haven't seen it, just listen to this. There's a wonderful scene. Well, I say wonderful. There is a brilliant scene where um, 
he knows that Hogarth knows about the robot, <laughs> yeah. and he can't exactly like hurt or arrest a child. So he makes him go into his room, and uh, Hogarth puts on his helmet, and he's like sat there, and he's waiting to go help the robot escape. And Mansley sits in the room opposite yeah, him, and, and it's fucking him. creepy. And he's just there, really and eventually, and eventually, tricks happen, and uh, yeah, it's it's fine. But like... <laughs> of, co- of course, it's fine, and. Um, it's, yeah, and then it's scary. And that whole thing where he's calling like a thousand different, like, hey, sport, yeah. hey, kid, buddy. what up, buddy? <laughs> Champ. <laughs> like a montage of different, like, 50s names for this kid to try and get information out of him. And, like, really cleverly done. And, and But also really sets him up as this, like, constant, like, presence. And it's really threatening because you're like, ah, no, we need to go and save the Iron Giant. Get out of my face. Get out of my house. I'm I'm just going to come stop. That's the best thing ever. Well, I found... Well, I found a lodger. It's this strange man that works for the government that turned up on our doorstep and tried to harass you. Yeah, literally. (laughs) But I'm willing to overlook it. That is the only thing that the mum does bad. And also when he's like, I'm off shopping. And she's like, oh, we'll take Mr. Mansley with you. And it's like, (laughs) mum! I, <laughs> I always try and justify it like it was a different time kidnappings were a thing but they weren't like the yeah. thing yeah I mean like you could be out till till sunset yeah. if you didn't come back in three days it was just assumed that you're out front end. yeah and, <laughs> yeah literally and I sort of take it as right and obviously Hogarth being very self-sufficient because mum working so hard at the diner yeah and then obviously you need more income obviously with uh, Lodger and I can sort of pay attention to me, so like, yeah, she needs some money, there's a lodger there, so mm. no one in town's taking it. Good for her. Um, but like, for like, I want to say like 20 to 25 minutes of this film, this dude is just following this child. Yeah, it's really <laughs> harassing. It's like, you get sick of the sight of him, you're like, oh my fucking God, leave me alone. And one thing you can say for Mansley is, it's not that he's bad at his job. He's no, just a bad person. Yeah, he's very... He's actually quite sufficient at his job, uh, it turns out. He, like... He puts two and two together. I do like the call-out where he's like, Hogarth Hughes, poor kid, what a dumb <laughs> name. And then he realises <laughs> that hog-hug on the gun is like, ow. He's like... <gasps> <laughs> it's very clever. It's just a... It's very well-structured. It's very well-paced. It's, it's emotional. It's like... Because right before the climax, the Iron Giant saves two kids and proves himself to the townspeople who haven't even oh. met him yet. Because there's been this whole thing where Hogarth is like, you can't go into town because people won't trust you. But the minute he does, he immediately saves these two kids. And, um, and the townspeople like, are like, oh, amazing. I love how chill they are as well because they're like, oh, you save kids. Hmm, it seems like such a nice logical progression. Yeah. Well, he saved the children instead of letting them fall to his death. He yeah. hasn't crushed them in his yeah. hand. Therefore, therefore, we're okay with this. Um, and then, of course, the military turn up and everything sucks. And everything goes so, so skewed. So bad. When it does look like the town is going to get bombed, everyone just sort of accepts it. Yeah, but like... There's just a wave of acceptance across the townspeople where they're like, this is sad. It's one of those things that you sort of... And obviously for them, it's something they can, they've can they been preparing for for a while. Yeah, and I think Jennifer Aniston turns to Dean and is like, shouldn't we take cover somewhere or something? And he's like, wouldn't make a difference. And it's not a panicked conversation. It's not fast. And it's fine because they're all there together and they hug. And you're just like, oh my God. This is really morbid. But then, of course, the other giant says, 
Just, just quite possibly the best line of that entire film. And if for any reason I had to fly into a nuclear weapon, it's the thing I'd say. Like, I go, you, you stay. stay. No following. Oh. And everything inside me like, it's happening, it's gonna happen, I can't deal with it. I know what happens in the end, but it's still not okay. Oh my god, the plants and payoffs in this movie, I fucking live for a plant and a payoff when oh, he gets just... mashed up by the train and we realise that he can put himself back together when Hogarth is like, no! You stay, I go! And then later on he's like, you stay, I go. And like, there's so many establishings and then payoffs and like, it just ties everything together so neatly and nicely and it's so satisfying and it's so sad but it's so good. I'm trying, I'm trying to think now. When, of, well, in part of the film, the bump goes... Mm. Um, because oh, all sorts of things happen in the film. A big thing is he thinks that Hogarth is dead. And he's sort of... This is the point where he goes off the wall. And um, he like transforms into this giant... Ve- like yeah. very much of the time like laser beam wielding laser eyed death machine yeah that looks super cool but um, <laughs> that looks super cool and intimidating it gets this weird like Buzz Lightyear bubble and um I'm trying to think if he actually kills anyone I oh, want to say he hits a plane yeah I feel Did like he, he attacks something? a lot of vehicles but I think it's sort of implied that the people are okay because yeah. they sort of get flung from it. Yeah, I know there's a... I, I can remember a truck and people jumping. Yeah. But I'm trying to think. And, I mean, if he has a... I mean, it's, it's great. And, um, yeah. But it's so... Yeah, just to then have I come back and be like, don't be a gun. I also really, really like... It has a really great message about self-defense, where where they're playing in the junkyard and Hogarth's got his little laser gun, which for him says it's not it's not like a a gun gun. It's mm-hmm. a it's a toy. It's a fantasy. Yeah. Which for the Iron Giant is very real because of the laser beams yeah. that he can shoot from his eyes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or the ray gun he has in his hand, um, and obviously he's pretending to shoot people. It's wheeling around, it's making laser noises and all that, and it registers a threat, tries to stop the threat. And I think it's nice because it sort of throws a little bit of not like a huge amount of doubt, like a smidgen of doubt that the Iron Giants come from another world mm-hmm. and that it, it, it's capable of decimating something. But also, it's it's not doing anything until it's attacked. Yeah, and yeah, and like, they they very yeah. much say that when they go to the town, they're like, don't. Yeah, don't attack him. Don't attack him because he'll defend himself. If you just leave him alone, it will be fine. And that's the same with literally everything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you don't try and poke the tiger, it won't bite you. If you don't pull the puppy's tail, it won't snap at you. Like, just leave everything alone and be nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's not hard. Just don't hit the thing. <laughs> if you burn People down the rainforest... Climate change will happen and we'll all drown. <laughs> like... Go have an indigenous people sue you. <laughs> and the human won't give you any money because you're a corrupt leader. Um... <laughs> like, things have consequences. And, like, yeah, it is, a, it is a really lovely message. It's good that they don't actually say that this is a Russian thing because they obviously yeah. they're sort of 
covering the room back there. Oh, massively. Um, and also just, yeah, like, it only attacks when threatened. And, like, really threatened by, like, a weapon. Oh, yeah. Not just, like... You know, it, it, I mean, it Helly makes... gets absolutely totaled by a train. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you show but a, a gun, it's a toy like a gun. gun. It's like, oh no, shit! Well, I better laser beam you. Yeah. yeah. I think it's well. I think it's well. It's it's cool. It's the subroutines that mean like threat, Dispoil, dispose of. He himself, he never wants to hurt Hogarth, and hence why he goes absolutely raging uh, on the town mm. when Hogarth dies. I just think like. We're all uh, humanised in such a way of like we're all capable of snapping, and we all have moments when we snap, and they don't define us. Yeah. I, I whenever I drive, I'm a very angry person. <laughs> um, and uh, as anyone who's been in the car with me will say, um, <laughs> but it doesn't define who I am. And I, uh, it takes it. Except when I'm driving, it takes a lot to sort of make me snap. I can, I, I like to think I can be quite a patient person. Mm-hmm. I, and things make me angry, and I and there'll be occasions where I shout or I really lose it. But again, that's not like the sum total of my parts. Mm-hmm. That's an aspect that makes us human. Yeah, it just makes it a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can be the nicest dog in the world, but like I said, you pull the dog's tail. It's yeah, gonna bite he's you. gonna bite you. It is. It, it's got so many layers to it. This movie and. I mean, I think it comes from a book. I haven't read the book. It does. I have not either. And it yeah. is a thing that I should read. I think there's actually a couple. Because it's not called The Iron Giant. I think it's called The Iron Man. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That rings a bell. And then there's The Iron Woman. And oh, no then way. there is another one. That's which awesome. I don't know the name of. And I think the, the cover for it is terrifying. It's got like this... Um, if you've ever seen the album cover for the Queen album, News of the World, it's got a robot that looks like that. It's got ears and a face and it's got piercing blue eyes. I'm, I'm it's, like do, give it a Google. It's it's um, it's um, super intimidating and it's not quite as cute. Oh, God, yeah. Ah, yeah, it is called The Iron Man. Also by Ted Hughes and obviously Hogarth Hughes. So hey. there you go. But yeah. Uh, I can't tell you if it's a good book or not. I'm going to assume no. it is because there is an amazing film about it. Yeah, but, and uh, I think he... Did he have anything to do with... No, I don't think he did. I'm not even sure. I'd like to think that if... No, Ho- he wouldn't have done because he died in 1998 and this movie came out in 1999. That would be an excellent reason for him not having an input on this film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think I like... I don't know, obviously, because I haven't read the book, if... How much of it's in the film? Yeah. And if there is a kid and whether he is called Hogarth. Yeah. Or if he even has a surname. And I like to think that obviously maybe Hogarth Hughes Was might not. be might be a nice little Yeah. I there's a little notebook in front of me for all you people at home of when I initially watched this film to come onto this podcast, I sat down with my notebook with the full intention of writing notes and jotted down nothing. So I watched it a second time and wrote three things. And, and then again wrote nothing <laughs> it's such a good film it's such a good film go watch it just have your entire <laughs> life changed it's it's such an important this this and Batman mm-hmm. the Batman the animated series and the comic yeah. books they shaped my entire morality so do you have anything you want to plug where can we find you ah follow <laughs> <laughs> I have so many things um <laughs> 
You can follow me on Twitter at Max underscore Jukes, which is J-U-K-E-S for all you fun people, because I'm awkward like that. <laughs> um, what else? You can look at my website and you can listen to my voice reel and potentially cast me in things. Uh, a character voice reel seems to be coming, as well as a singing reel, because I can do that as well. Uh, <laughs> tick, tick, tick. <laughs> tick, tick, tick. Uh, and that's all at maxjukes.co.uk. Uh, as well as if you want to get in contact with me and shout at me and say that Yarjan's crap, I will <laughs> fight you. <laughs> Just email. Um, and what else? Oh, uh, I'm in a radio play that is also on whatever lovely podcasting platform you're probably listening to this on. Nice. Um, called uh, Divine Comedy. It's got a couple of, uh, for those of you who don't know, we both went to the same drama school. I graduated a year before you did. <laughs> and there is... I think it might even be totally. There's loads and loads of drama studio London people in it. It's a great drama school. If you think about going to drama school in the UK, go to it. Um, <laughs> and uh, Divine Comedy, listen to it. It's on SoundCloud, Podbean. It's on iTunes as well, but <laughs> yesterday they deleted the first episode. Oh, no. um, <laughs> so listen to it on the other two first, and then, or listen to the second episode and go back to the first. <laughs> Uh, it'll work it's fine uh, and there is more episodes of that coming uh, we're working on getting a kickstarter together so we can fund it and Amazing. make sure that everyone's paid and basically mm. make it as good as we can uh, so it's just the first episode, the first two episodes and I think that's all I have to plug I'm going to say that's all I have to plug oh Instagram yeah follow me on Instagram as well if you want to um, again, I think it's just Max underscore Dukes. If you just search my name, you'll see photos of me in costumes and cats and lots of classic cars because that's sort of what I've been doing the past couple of days. Nice. But yeah. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you can find Why This Film on Twitter at Why This Film. You can find us on Instagram at Why This Film. You can find us on Facebook at Why This Film Podcast. And you can email into us at Why This Film Podcast at gmail.com. Yay! Well, we'll see you next time on Why This Film. Bye. Bye. We watched the film and we talked about it, but now it's time to say goodbye. We'll be back again with another movie that makes you want to ask why. Why This Film podcast has a Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for artists and creators to get paid. Head to patreon.com forward slash why this film podcast and you can select a tier. For £3 a month, you can join Camelot and enjoy early access to episodes, including seasons one to three. You'll get to vote in polls and get a personal shout out on the pod. For £5 a month, you can join Fern Gully with instant access to everything from Camelot. Fern Gully members can also enjoy bonus content, live episode voting power, plus access to monthly movie night. Grab your popcorn and a drink of your choice as we pajama up and watch a movie together remotely. And for £10 a month, you can join the Enchanted Forest, where on top of everything from Camelot and Fern Gully, you can be part of a live episode where we all discuss a movie chosen by you. And if you're not into 80s and 90s animated tiers, you can skip all that and make a custom pledge of an amount that suits you. Or you can head over to co-fi.com forward slash podcast and buy me a coffee with a one-off payment. We will be adding hot chocolate to that coffee. And probably cream and marshmallows and sprinkles. But you don't need to worry about that. 
Thank you to all who donate, and thanks to my patron David for supporting this episode on Patreon. Why This Film Podcast is my happy place. I love chatting to guests and revisiting long-lost movies, and I hope you do too.